0: Yeah, hi, my name's David Kowalik. And I'm Paul Smith. And we're getting together today because we want to talk about the gospel. And one of the reasons we want to talk about the gospel is because we've become aware over the years that there has been a kind of a, a slippage on what the gospel really is over the last couple of uh, well, last couple of millennia really. But particularly here in Western cultures, we're finding that what is often passing for the gospel actually may not actually be the gospel. What do you reckon about that? Yeah, I'd say definitely that's true. Mm -hmm. Uh, In fact,
1: but I I don't know about you, but I only made that discovery in in the last few years, Mm -hmm. uh, having been raised in the church, um, spent uh, a lot of time in church leadership circles and that sort of thing, and uh, still having what I would call not the gospel <laughs> as the gospel sure. in my mind um, yeah. but there's been lots of um, recent academics that have come out and kind of explaining clearly and in, in detail why what we've had in the church for a while as the gospel is isn't the, the central idea of Christianity mm-hmm. and what actually is and we want to discuss that today. Yeah,
0: I think, I think mostly what you'll hear is passing for the gospel, and it is good news, is that if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you'll be forgiven of your sins and that you'll enter into eternal life. Now, a lot of that is true, but I would like to say what that is is that's things that are true because of the gospel rather than being the actual central gospel that both Jesus preached and the first apostles preached and the early church preached. What the early church and Jesus preached as I'm sure we're going to see, is they preached about the kingdom of God and that the kingdom of God is is completely contingent upon the king who is Jesus, and as the Jews understood that, that meant that Jesus is Messiah and everything that that means. And because he is the true Messiah, he's come and he's going to bring, yes, salvation is one of the outcomes, but even the word salvation isn't just a personal thing. It's I would like to describe it as international rescue. And it has a much broader, um, a broader field of understanding. Yep. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: so you would say mm. uh, a simple summary of the gospel, mm. the kingdom of God mm. has arrived yep. with the king, Jesus. That's right. So the, the two short, shortest forms of the gospel declaration in the scriptures are the kingdom of heaven is near, which is what Jesus said, mm-hmm. or Jesus is the Christ, which is what the apostles said. Yeah. And they both mean the same thing. The kingdom yes. of heaven has come through the Messiah. Jesus is the Messiah. Therefore, yeah. the kingdom has come.
0: That's yeah. one of the things we also have to clear up is this whole misunderstanding about the, the name Jesus Christ. I mean, the name of Jesus really is just Jesus of Nazareth, but the, the Christ bit is not his surname. It's, uh, it's his title. Okay. And it's interchangeable. It's the Greek, It's the Greek rendition of the word Messiah. They both mean the same thing, which means anointed one. And of course, anointed one means the one appointed or chosen. In this case by God. All kings were anointed to be kings, usually by a priest or by a shaman or something like that. But in the case of Jesus, he is anointed by God, therefore chosen by God to be the true king. Uh, the one that the, the Messiah that the Jews have been looking for forever for, for thousands of years, Finally, he was the one. He was the, the the pointy, the pointy tip of the Old Testament, the the end of the of the of the long of the long fence. The last post in the long fence of the Old Testament is Jesus, yeah. and he's also the first post in the new fence, which is the the New Testament. And he is the not only the the spiritual leader of of people, but he is the king over everything and everyone. All tribes, all nations. And he's the king not just of life after death or of the spiritual things, but he is the true king who's going to lead humanity back to its, its, its proper role. Yeah.
1: Now we're going to do a bit of a series. This is going to be more than one video uh, addressing what is the gospel and looking at the, the whole gamut, but still only in short form because yeah. it would take a long time, to, yeah. um, of, of the biblical witness of what the gospel is. Um, but for today, we want to start with um, just making that um, main point of this is what the gospel is, this is what the gospel isn't, mm-hmm. and we're going to do uh, more of a dive into into that, particularly by looking at what the scriptures have to say, um, what the scriptural witness is yeah. of the gospel and the kingdom of God and the Messiah and
0: all, all, all that kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. And we're not coming out of this out of, out of nowhere. We're not... Uh, coming out of the blue or out of a vacuum, this is something which is now being widely discussed all around the world. And, uh, you know, I could put you on to say N.T. Wright is one of the great uh, scholars in this square, the Bible Project. Yep. Um, They're really right across this. I highly recommend that as a good way of introducing yourself to this whole idea. Also, Scott McKnight. Mm -hmm. And there are a number of others, which, again, we'll we'll link in in uh, in the links below. Yep. But for now, just just saying that we're we're just joining a conversation. It's a worldwide conversation, and I think it is a renewal of an understanding of the gospel, or, or getting back to what the uh, the early church preached and understood as the gospel. It certainly hit me some time ago, probably around about uh, ten years ago. Um, you know, I've been a pastor for nearly thirty years now, and I was brought up. Um, firstly in a wesleyan background then i became calvinistic in my understanding of the of the gospel and we'll talk more about that at a, at a later time and all of these things have influenced my understanding of the gospel but as when i actually went back to the scriptures i began to see that what jesus preached was the coming of the kingdom and that he was the you know the 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 sharp point of that kingdom and then the early church preached that the kingdom had already come in jesus and that it was going to be more fully come uh, at the end of history yep but that Jesus is the, is the centre of all history, not just of spiritual history, but of all history, mm. that he is the king for all, for all, for all occasions. And, and then when you go back to right, or sorry, not back to, but go forward to the very end of, the end goal of the gospel is that not just that humans get saved and go to heaven, in fact, interestingly, there's not a single verse anywhere in the Bible that says anyone's going to go to heaven when they die. I'll leave that aside just for now. That'll be a discussion another for time. another time. But what we can say is that the, the big goal is that creation will be restored and that human beings will be restored to their place as kings and priests, uh, ruling on behalf of God that as, as um, representatives of the kingdom of God on earth uh, to rule creation. So... um That's a whole big thing, which involves anchovies and moss and trees and mountains and rivers and everything. So the gospel is kind of a big deal. It's not just for our personal salvation and going to heaven. It's much broader than that.
1: Yeah, so that brings me on to uh, why are we discussing this topic?
0: Yeah. Well, fair enough. Uh, Well, partly, I suppose, because there's so many false ideas about the gospel. You could say something from your own history concerning that well I can yeah I can definitely talk about um,
1: how i've I've had a what I would agree is a false idea of what the gospel is um, For me, why I think this is such an important topic to discuss is that if the gospel is the central idea of the Christian faith, which it is mm. um, then it's what we preach to the world it's the mm. message that we're tasked with putting out to the world, and it's also the defining idea that we shape our lives around. Mm-hmm. And they're two very major things, so it's important to get it right. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and there's, I mean, if you read, for example, the King Jesus Gospel, which mm. is um, one of the books you mentioned earlier, and we'll have a, have a link to that.
0: Right here. Uh, <laughs> highly recommended, the, um, the King Jesus Gospel by Scott McKnight. And what's Scott One of the things
1: Scott McKnight's. Talks about um, particularly in his introduction um, to the topic is that, and and he references plenty of other people, mm-hmm. Dallas Willard and um, and mm-hmm. others on this subject, mm-hmm. that um, a wrong gospel leads to a um, I hesitate to say wrong because that's yes
0: yeah, uh, makes good right, and really.
1: bad, but um, an inaccurate gospel uh, leads to. Um, let me, let me start again. Being off
0: center or something like that.
1: If you, yeah, how would I phrase it? If you don't have an accurate gospel, mm. um, that affects how you live the Christian life. It mm. has a very direct impact on how you live the Christian life in discipleship. Now, discipleship is a, is a key aspect. the christian Mm. life and there are plenty of people that would separate discipleship from christianity like discipleship is an add-on or Mm. next in fact i have a good friend who essentially said that Mm. recently in in a discussion but discipleship is clearly not separate yeah um you know the great commission go into all the world and make disciples of all nations that's Mm. what we're tasked with as 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 christians Mm. and discipleship and the gospel are intrinsically linked yeah so we need to have um, an accurate understanding of the gospel because it, it deeply affects how we engage the Christian story mm. and the message that we
0: put out to the world yeah. as well. So I think it's very important. So one of the things we're going to have to do along the way is, is define some of the words such as gospel yeah. and how, how that was understood in the early church and things like um, what evangelism really is and uh, even things like what the word salvation means. Um, and I'm going to suggest that the word salvation has a very broad meaning, international rescue, not just about personal salvation. And so we're going to have to go through all of those things. But th- their details we'll cover um, as we go along. Uh, I'll just give it a story that is kind of illustrates this. There's, there's a story, whether it's a apocryphal or not, I don't know, but there's a story that back in the 1920s, there was a Charlie Chaplin lookalike contest, and Charlie Chaplin thought as a joke he would enter the contest And he entered this uh, contest with some 40 other contestants, and he came 21st in that contest. (laughs) And I think something like that would be true if we were to get all the variations and understandings of the gospel that we have right now in the 21st century, and then we get the original gospel and put it in a competition to see which one is the true gospel, that the true gospel that was preached by the disciples and by Jesus may end up coming about 21st. And that's kind of a tragedy, really. And so what we're going to do is we're going to go back in history and look at what the gospel meant to the first disciples because what it meant to them is all important. If we get what it meant to them and then we translate that to a contemporary situation, it has to mean the same thing if it's going to have the same impact. Yeah.
1: Now, the thing, the first point that caused me to go down a, a road of, re-evaluating what the gospel is Mm. that made me think hold on maybe what i've always thought the gospel is isn't accurate is from reading the book of acts Mm. um i was uh had been involved in church leadership for a number of years and Mm. um wanted i thought i had the gospel down Mm -hmm. the actual message but i wanted to look at how do we do evangelism better And who better to look at for evangelism than the apostles in the first century immediately after Jesus? Mm. You know, they're the ones that took the gospel out of Jerusalem. They spread it amongst the, the nation's uh, planted churches left, right, and center. Mm. So they were obviously effective. Uh, so what was their method? But when I went to look, read through Acts carefully to look at their method, mm. what I found was that their message was nothing like what I had. Yeah it was complete what i expected to find in their mm. message i just simply didn't find
0: yeah.
1: so then i had to go well, if the message that i'm expecting is not here what is the message yeah. so we're going to we're going to talk about um the gospel preaching in the book of acts in our next video i believe that's mm. the, that's the plan mm. but for for today we want to start with defining what the gospel is which we've we've sort of already done and what the gospel is it? Hmm. So how would you describe um in a nutshell the contemporary gospel? Uh, people's hmm. understand the the broad understanding of, of what the gospel is yeah. in most churches.
0: <laughs> that's a hard question to answer because there's so many different renditions. Like I say, there might be 40 versions of the gospel. But, but there's there's some there's some core keen, things there's that are across the board. Yeah. 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 I think I think the one that we're most familiar with, and I guess for both of us we're coming from yeah. uh You know, evangelical kind of backgrounds. We're not Roman Catholic or or, um, Orthodox in that sense. But we, the gospel I was generally told was that if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, by faith, by putting your faith in Him, you receive a righteousness from God that makes you right with God so that you will enter into eternal life and that when you die, you'll go to heaven. Um, That was pretty much what i was taught and that's pretty much what i was telling people was the gospel and let's make no mistake about that that's news and it's good yep. it's just that it's not the good news that jesus preached or the early disciples preached and again i have to say what that is that's true because of the gospel except for the bit about going to heaven we'll talk about that a bit later on um and there are many things that are true because of the gospel Even, for instance, where Paul talks about this in Romans chapter 1, he says that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation for all who believe. But what he's not saying is that the gospel is about salvation. Rather, the gospel has the effect long-term or downstream from the gospel, one of the things that it brings is salvation. But salvation, the message of salvation, is not what the gospel is about, and it's not what they preached. Again, we go back to the book of Acts, they never preach that. They preach that Jesus is the king. Yeah. Mm. So I'll describe
1: the uh, the general gospel as it's understood um, and the way I've seen it presented or heard it presented the most um, as part of a storyline. Um, so the gospel is the core, um, the linchpin part of the meta storyline of the Bible, right? Yeah. And this is how I've heard the general storyline of the Bible described that God created the world and humanity made it good. Adam and Eve sinned Mm -hmm. and then from that point on all humanity was separated from God Mm -hmm. um, because God can't look on sin, Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. And there's two eternal destinations, heaven or hell, Mm -hmm. because all humanity are sinful, Mm -hmm. destined for hell. And there's only one way around that and that is to be made Clean mm-hmm. and the only way to be made clean is by Jesus' sacrificial death, and that gets us to heaven. Yeah. And the way you access that mm. is by believing that. If yeah. you believe that, you access
0: it, you're in. Yeah. And not just believing the facts, but by trusting in Jesus Christ to have taken your sins for you. Which, yeah. And of course, there's truth in that. That's it's yeah. a good thing. But
1: the whole the the central piece of that story is Jesus' death for sins. Mm. So if you wanted to narrow it down even further, we mm. would say that the gospel, the contemporary gospel message, as understood by um, I would say most believers, is the good news that Jesus died for your sins.
0: Which is, is good, good news. <laughs>
1: it is good news. Look, Jesus did die for our sins. Mm. And that is great news. Mm. There is no you'll get no dispute on that here. Yeah. But it's not the gospel. So, it's part of the gospel, yeah. but it's not. It's not the gospel, um, which hopefully will become clear, more clear mm. as we go, go along. Um, I like to use analogies to explain things. And mm. I would say, you know, um, an analogy might be like the vital organs in our body, mm. you know, like heart, lungs, brain. Mm. They're essential for us to function. Mm. You can't take the vital organs out mm. and be human, mm. but they're not the body. Yep. You know what I mean? I am not my brain, heart, and lungs. Mm. I'm Paul, the whole package, right? And I can only be that because of those vital organs, Mm. but they're not the the most defining thing about me. And uh, using that analogy for the gospel, the gospel is the kingdom of God and Jesus as king. Mm -hmm. That's the whole picture. And that works because of, um, in part, some of the things that Jesus achieved on the cross, through his death and resurrection, mm. they're vital parts of the story that make the coming of the kingdom of God and Jesus being king and mm. our ability to participate in that possible. Mm. Would yeah. you agree with that? Absolutely. Theology? Yeah.
0: Yeah. But the only problem with this uh, this understanding of the gospel being simply about the forgiveness of sins is that it leaves out most of the Bible. And yeah. like like.
1: And, does, and it actually distorts a lot of the Bible too.
0: Yeah, that's right. I, I saw a guy once get up on a stage and he got his Bible and then he opened it up to the beginning of the New Testament and then he tore it in half and threw the Old Testament aside and he says, as New Testament believers, all we need is the New Covenant. The Old Covenant is defunct. It's out of the way now. We need to just throw that away. And I thought he's really completely misunderstood the whole big message of the Gospel because the early church preached from the Bible and by Bible, I mean Old Testament. Every single one of the presentations of the gospel in the book of Acts was from the Old Testament. And they argued from the Old Testament that Jesus was the Christ, that he was the Messiah, and that was their core message. And another thing that often gets uh, left out, even in the New Testament, is that the gospel stories often don't get a run in the gospel presentation. Most people just go to to maybe the miraculous birth of Jesus, leave out all the middle stuff and then go straight to the cross and the resurrection. They're obviously really important things, but every part of the gospel stories is the gospel. So the Beatitudes, for instance, or Jesus' um, miracles, they're they're all signs of the coming of the kingdom. And and unless we understand the gospel correctly, then we're likely to leave out. Most of the Old Testament just becomes kind of a... um, you know, a backstory with a few helpful hints in it and the gospel stories just become kind of moral teaching about how you should behave. But it's much, much more than that. Everything in the gospels and the Old Testament is part of the big uh, meta story of the gospel, the big grand story, the saga that begins with even before creation, the intention of God to create and for humanity to be in his image. And then the entire saga of the Bible is all joined up to the gospel and finds its connection to Jesus Christ. Um, I always remember the story of Jesus meeting the two uh, disciples on the road to Emmaus. And as I can understand, it was about two and a half hours that he was walking with them. And in that two and a half hours, he laid out for them all of the Old Testament. And he preached to them the gospel from the Old Testament, that that the Messiah had to come and that he had to die and that he was going to rise from the dead. That was the story he told them, but he used the entire Old Testament to tell that story. And unless we get ahead around the big story of the gospel from Genesis 1 right through all the way through to the New Testament and then right through to the end goal in the book of the Revelation, then we're going to to have a skewed understanding of what God is really doing in the world and what the gospel is really all about. Yeah.
1: So should we have a quick look at um, where the ideas of the gospel come from in yeah, scripture? scripture? Um, now, most people go straight to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 to mm-hmm. describe, um, this is what the Bible says the gospel is, okay? Yeah. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1 to 4. So I'll just read this out. And now, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved, if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you; otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance: that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures; that he was raised on the third day, according to the, oh, sorry, that he was buried, hmm. and that he was raised on the third day, according to the Scriptures. And then I usually cut it off there, even though yeah. even though the a whole sender keeps going, really important but that's where stuff, usually yeah. where it gets cut off. Yeah. So uh, almost every time I see the gospel discussed, mm-hmm. it's straight to First Corinthians fifteen verse one to four, mm-hmm. and the reason is that it's as far as I understand, and I've, I've looked, this is the only passage that explicitly links gospel and Jesus dying for sins. Yeah. Now, and and that's fair to say mm. that it does link those things. It's absolutely vital. Yeah. But what is also fair is to say that there are myriad other um, New Testament passages that explicitly describe the gospel, and and none of them mention Jesus' death. Mm. So logically, you would have to think if the if the biblical authors wanted to be clear about what the gospel is, mm. whatever that core of it is, would would be present surely in all of their descriptions. Mm. And so if Jesus' death for sins was the core, it would be present in all of their descriptions, Mm. and it's not. Something else is present in every description. Yeah. So um, I think we'll get to 1 Corinthians 15 at a a later time. Sure. But instead, uh, let's go back to what what Jesus, the first um, evangelist, Mm. The first New Testament evangelists, or you could say John the Baptist, but um, the first one that explicitly says the gospel is yep. was Jesus, and uh, this is what he says. so I'm quoting from Mark chapter one verse 14 uh, 15 sorry No, we'll go from fourteen after the after John was put in prison. Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. Now, I'm Mm. reading from the NIV here, but other translations say proclaiming the gospel of God because the same word, euangelion, Mm -hmm. can and is translated either good news or gospel, and that can be confusing. Um, It says in verse 15, the time has come, he said, the kingdom of God is near, repent and believe the gospel. Mm. So that's the first Gospel proclamation: yep. The kingdom, the time has come, mm-hmm. meaning a time that's anticipated. Yeah, because he wouldn't say the time has come if if the the Jews of the time weren't expecting something. Yeah, says the time has come that's been anticipated, mm. that's anticipated throughout the scriptures and and by the prophets. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the gospel. Yeah, so that's our starting point. From there. And all throughout the the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, in particular, that Jesus references the kingdom of God mm. all the time, and ties that message as the gospel. Yeah, the, the Gospels refer to the message that the kingdom of God has come as the gospel.
0: Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And yeah. not, not only that, but but when he said kingdom of God, he wasn't bringing a new idea to the table. That was something the Jews were looking for. the, yeah. the Jews. We're all about the kingdom of God coming, which is another way of saying the Messiah is going to come, because the Messiah and the kingdom are, you know, all part of the same thing. Yeah. There's no kingdom without the king. There's no king without the kingdom. But Jesus is coming and saying, as you've been expecting, and and I like to say that if, uh, if you'd gone back to Jerusalem back at that time... Um, there was speculation about who the Messiah was and when the kingdom was coming was on everyone's Facebook feed Twitter was a buzz with it yep. every cafe that's what you would hear uh, if you if you went into a cafe you'd overhear people talking about I reckon this guy's the Messiah that guy's the Messiah I reckon that uh, that uh, Daniel's prophecy is going to be fulfilled right here and now You've got to understand that Daniel had predicted that 490 years after the announcement that the temple was going to be rebuilt he said that that's when the Messiah will appear. People had done the calculations. They'd worked out that they were living right at that time. So therefore, speculation about the Messiah was just through the roof. And there were all different groups who had their ideas about how it was going to happen. You had the Essenes and the the Pharisees and the Sadducees and uh, various other groups that are too numerous to mention. And there were some people even believed that the Hasmonean household you know, the descendants of the Maccabees; that they would be the, the the family line through which the the Messiah would come. And you know people had vested interests. But then John the Baptist turned up and said, "Yeah, well, you need to clear the slate and repent of all of these false allegiances and all of these ideas, and just let yourself be ready for the true King who's about to appear." And so that would have just fed into this whole speculation: "Well, wow, the Messiah is about to appear." because everyone thought and believed that sometime in their lifetime you know within a window of about 30 years that the Messiah was going to appear mm-hmm. so it was it was kind of a big deal people were really talking about it and thinking about it so when Jesus came along saying that he is the Messiah and that he is the Son of God and that he is the Son of man and that the kingdom is now is now dawning on them um, it wasn't coming out of the blue this was kind of entering into the conversation. And into the uh, speculation that many of the, you know, the the scribes and the Pharisees and the people who were who were looking into these things were were looking at, and some people would well, some people actually did agree he's the Messiah, and other people said no, he's not tall enough, and he doesn't have a doesn't have an army and that sort of thing. So that's the kind of thing we've got to be. Um, that's the sort of thing we're going to go back into and look at.
1: Yeah, that's right. So the the term gospel, we think of that as. Uh, there's actually a number of terms that we think are religious terms mm. because they're more used in a religious way now, mm. but actually they're um, from in the first century, they were just secular terms. They mm. had secular meaning, gospel, mm. even things like evangelist, um, apostle, faith, grace. <laughs> Repentance. Thr- yep, all these terms yeah. that we associate as religious terms were yeah. were actually secular terms and they had secular meaning. Yeah. So for us to understand the gospel mm what the gospel is, uh, we need to understand what a gospel was.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Mm. And the gospel had a clear meaning in in the first century. Mm. Um, One of the confusing things is that the term euangelion, Mm. which is translated as good news, well, that's the confusing thing. It's translated Mm. as good news, Mm. um, which is not very well defined because Mm. there's lots of things that could be good news. So then we're left to go, okay, what is good news about the gospel? And then we find things that are good news and say, well, the gospel gospel means good news. This thing, mm. such as Jesus dying for sins, well, that's good news. So mm.
0: that must be tie them together, news. the yeah. gospel,
1: <laughs> except yep. um, the term euangelion, the Greek word euangelion, which is translated as good news or gospel mm. in, in our Bibles didn't have a broad meaning as good news. It had a specific meaning, mm. and this is where translation and meaning aren't are the same thing. Mm. And to use another example, um, Bible. Mm. If we looked at the translation of the word Bible, mm. um, it comes from Tabiblia, mm. Latin, or mm. even Biblios in Greek, which mm. simply means book, right? But we don't. We know that the Bible isn't just a book, mm. and you wouldn't call any other book the Bible because mm. it's not about translation, it's about meaning. How is the term used? Everyone knows what the Bible is. It's mm. the Christian scriptures. Yeah. Right? It's the scriptures. It's mm. not any book, even though it translates as that. Same with gospel. It's not just any good news. It's a specific kind of good news. So let me read here from the Holman Illustrated Bible Dictionary. It says, The noun Yongelion originally signified announcement of victory after battle and later the content of that message mm. the term also came to describe the birth or rise to power of a new king so it's a political it's a political word it's a political message mm. um, and here's uh, something a little bit more expanded from the theological dictionary of the New Testament which says that the gospel, a had two primary meanings in the Greco-Roman world of the first century. First use is that the term becomes a technical one for news of victory.
0: Mm.
1: And secondly, euangelion is particularly important in the emperor cult. The emperor is a divine ruler who controls nature, dispenses healing, serves as a protective god, and brings good fortune, his birth being accompanied by cosmic signs. The first euangelion is news of his birth, then his coming of age, then his accession to the throne. Offerings and yearly festivals celebrate the new and more hopeful era that dawns with him. His accession to the throne is a gospel for his subjects. So a gospel Mm. in the first century was a political message. Mm. Um, It had two primary meanings. It was either news of victory in battle Mm
0: -hmm.
1: or the... Um, announcement of a new king by either birth or accession to the throne, yeah. and they're, they're both. I would you could call them both kingdom announcements, mm. because one is uh, victory in battle is either maintaining the kingdom mm. or expanding the kingdom, mm. uh, and then obviously the news of a new ruler is also mm. a kingdom announcement. Yeah, and that that's what a gospel was in the first century, and that makes. Total sense when you see how Jesus and the apostles took the term gospel and applied it to the Christian message. Yeah, even, the,
0: even those early emperors used to refer to themselves as the Son of God and that they had divine status. So so the when the Christians were going out into the world and saying, Jesus is the Son of God, and he is the true anointed king, that was politically um, divisive and got them in a lot of trouble. I mean, they didn't get in trouble for spiritual reasons. They got in trouble for political reasons yep. because they were really truly saying that Jesus is the best king, the best, he's the king of kings and the lord of lords, whereas the emperor, he was saying, no, I'm the king of the kings and I'm the lord of all the other lords. And so when the Christians go out into the world with this message that the true the true gospel is or the true message about the true king is Jesus that flew in the face of all the political powers in fact, you can look in the book of Acts, and it even—that was one of the uh, accusations made against the early Christians. They were saying these men are bringing a message which goes against Caesar, and says that Jesus is the true King, and that that's going to get that's going to cause trouble. Yeah, and it did, and and so there was riots when the gospel got preached, or revivals, whatever. Yep. Mm. So I think yeah. that's uh, that's pretty good for a start. Yeah, I think that. That that sort of gives you a kind of a broad view of where we headed. Yep. All
1: right. Okay, we're going to link to uh, some videos from the Bible Project that are a really good, short, punchy visual explanations of of the gospel. There's, mm-hmm. They've got a couple of them. Um, also, feel free to comment or put any any questions in the comments. Mm. Yeah, we're okay. we're quite happy for interaction. Yeah, on sure. these. Yeah. Uh, and also. Share the love. Laugh. <laughs> yeah, smash that like
0: button. <laughs> yeah, hit like,
1: hit subscribe. Yeah,
0: yeah all yeah. of that. Okay. All of that stuff. Yeah. Alrighty. See you next time. Yeah. Cheers.